Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflot and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh! pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. One of the bigger goods, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to AEW Dynamite and arguably one of the biggest title matches in AEW's history tonight, Sidge. Yes, absolutely. Um, is this bigger than Punk? Uh, sorry, than Danielson Page? Yes, I have yes. to say so. Because I think they're like A1 to the A stars. Is it bigger than Omega? Um. Moxley, I would probably have to say yes because they'd already clashed on pay-per-view before winter is coming. And I think the result had all been telegraphed. You mm. knew that um, Omega was going to win somehow, some way. The heel turn, the fact that Moxley had the long reign. I think this is bigger because like CM Punk's the biggest star in the company. He just is. And it's massive because something massive is happening. Like something enormous must be happening here. Um, because I don't think Tony Khan's getting desperate per se. They'd be number one on cable. You can say what you like about the ratings, and we might, in fact, be doing that imminently. But you know that the steady number one, it's a bit stagnant. It's still like far exceeds virtually anything else on television. So I don't think it's getting desperate. I think he's got a plan. Otherwise, why would you nuke the idea of a title match that the second they came face-to-face at Quake by the Lake, you just thought that is money the fans are going absolutely ballistic for this. Already people are going, well, I need to see that right now. So much so that I will pay money for that. I just felt like one of the, they probably will never be all out 2021 just for the the, the, the hype CM mm. Punk's first return. He knew it was going to be Danielson and or Cole. But this is going to be one of their stronger numbers. But they're doing it on free TV, like very close to the paper as yeah, well. A week and a half away. Yeah, hey. so, something has to be happening. I don't know what it is. We'll discuss it and I'm looking forward to it. But my God, the he's just not going to do this match and have it end in a DQ or a time limit yeah. draw, particularly with the way Moxley works. 
Anyway, get into it so I can mm. continue this train of thought. Do you, do you think that the whole discourse around punk over the last seven days has, has helped this, or, or how do you feel about all that? Massively helped it. Like, the, one of the reasons why, other than because everyone's really cynical now, one of the reasons why I think a lot of people have suggested that all of this, or some of it, or a tiny bit of it might have been a work, you can choose, uh, is because it, all it does is contributes to the hype. Um, as was kind of shown, I think, with the the kind of the viral marketing and the way in which they debuted CM Punk, there is a method to work in the sheets slightly or drip feeding the right information at the right time and all that kind of thing. And it has made people more cynical and less trustworthy of just something being presented, say, by the Wrestling Observer as a fact now, or at least a fact as reported to Dave or anything like that, or Sean Rossap. But I think it's it's definitely contributed to the hype because even the mere announcement of the match, which feels, well, it was shocking. It was a genuinely shocking moment. But even that feels like, well, was that done? Because there was a huge blow up backstage and Tony Khan was like, right, you want to swing yours around? I'll swing mine. And we're having the match next week and see how you like it. Or, you know, something along those lines, which I don't think is the case. We said this last week. This feels like a booking decision, which to Sidgwick's point is really exciting because that means something is going to happen. That means something is around the corner. It's not, I have to remind myself of this sometimes, but the old wrestling fan head that says, oh, well, wh- why are you doing on television what you should, in inverted commas, say for pay-per-view? That has changed a little bit, mm-hmm. with the way in which television rights fees generate so much revenue for wrestling companies now. But this is a little bit of a case of both. There was still a bunch of people that were ready to drop $50 plus on a match, and you have gambled. And that's how AEW books, yeah. irrespective of the rights fees. Absolutely. They still look at the, because there's only the four pay-per-views, mm-hmm. they might not be about the, the dollars and cents that they make at the end of it, but it's certainly they lead to that big event as, well, what's the biggest match? It absolutely has to be the headline of that pay-per-view, otherwise we've done this cycle wrong. That's And that's a good that's good practice, by the way. And they had it. They had the biggest match right there. And even if this match is incredible and they come up with an, some awesome finish that leads to a rematch, the rematch is not as big as the first match. You, you, it, it can't be in this particular circumstance. So it's not a gamble. They'll make money off this television. They'll do well all out. But they've taken a chance in sort of allowing the viewership to assume, well, something's got to be even bigger for the pay-per-view. So that sets up for disappointment if that's not the case. So there's a lot of gambles taken here by the announcement of this match, but... We're here to preview Dynamite, and in terms of just a television main event, there's nothing big. I think this is the biggest match in Dynamite history. I think if you, like, I would put Danielson and Omega up there, uh, and not just because it was, like, Cedric's birthday dream match, yeah. and it was all came together, <laughs> like, all our personal biases aside, that felt like, kind of like the perfect ideal of why, what, how brilliant an AW could be. It's like you've got this proper, proper, proper dream match. Like, that's almost a forbidden door that Brian Danielson was permitted to walk through. Bigger than anything on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. But this is Punk, the even bigger Forbidden Door. Moxley, the traditional drawing card for AEW, the guy that has always proven himself at the box office, television numbers, all that. And for the belt, for the most protected world title, probably in all of pro wrestling. So I, I think this is the biggest match ever in Dynamite. And it was so big, it was supposed to headline Punk's hometown pay-per-view. Mm. And the, the variables make it so much more unpredictable as well. I think the fact that there's the, the pape, what, we can well, actually bring them just just <laughs> over in the words of uh, Tony. Either or there or thereabouts away, like a few more than that. Yeah. But you know, close enough. I've got to use the thing. Uh, <laughs> you uh, know, with the pay per view being, uh, uh, it's time to play the game. Away. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, the fact that the pay per view so close and, and there's some reference there, they could just they could run it back, and then of course there's the. The spectre hanging all over this that a lot of people are speculating on as well. Okay. Well. 
Should we play a game? Absolutely. It's a bit boring, but we'll call it the process of elimination, right? Let's eliminate every scenario that we know's not going to happen. Right. Because kind of no one does know what's going to happen. So let's try and narrow down these options here, right? Are they going to do something stupid and reckless for the sake of popping a TV rating? No, dear, that's wrong. And the reason why <laughs> is, look, Tony Khan, who's indulged the odd excess and has a bit of a meme voice at the end of a dynamite taping, is nonetheless a very, very, very smart individual. John Moxley is one of the smartest individuals in all of pro wrestling. It's a pretty elusive field mm-hmm. and a small one. Yeah, CM yeah, Punk. Val Venus and Kane. <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk I would always put in there. There is no chance in hell that they are going to work a lengthy TV match, extract every drop of juice from the fruit, right, to do some, oh, someone got DQ'd for kicking too much ass, or, oh, my God, there's been a double countout. We'll have to settle this at the pay-per-view, right? That's WWE stuff, and I just cannot see these three men between them, thinking, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely no chance in the world. If Tony Khan, and there's three of them, and wrestlers in AEW have agency, and they are like demanding finishes if rumors are to be believed, if one of these three men, right, uh, pitched that or had the idea in Tony Khan's company, right, CM Punk would probably just say no. It's not, is... it's not overstating it to say that is a brand killer. Yeah. You never get that back. Like, All Elite Wrestling is a different company tomorrow if that finishes. That's how big an infraction Mm. that is on expectations at this point. Exactly. So CM Punk would simply say, no, I don't want to do something stupid that's going to annoy people. Let's wait literally a week and a half and earn a massive pay-per-view buy rate. So they're not going to do a DQ or a count-out after, what, 17 minutes, right? That ain't happening. It will not go near an hour, but they will say it's an hour because that is the the usual time load for a title match, right? Are they going to go to a 60-minute draw, right? Building towards the rematch. I'll uh, do the same thing that um, Paige and Danielson did. I'm going to go with no. Um, it's a five-match card. You can obviously get the first hour done and dusted as quick as you like, right? But at the same time, asking people to pay a week and a half later for a rematch for a 60-minute match, I just can't see happening. More to the point, uh, John Moxley works a style now, which I'm going to coin as anti-epic. The epic has taken on this absolutely preposterous um, parody definition in recent years. I love John Moxley and revere John Moxley for just saying, you know what, that's absolutely lame now. I'm going to model my style around doing the opposite of that lame stuff. That's Josh, Josh Barnett's blood sport is mainstream. Yes, done, exactly. It. It's He's awesome. It. So it's not going to a 60-minute. It's not going to DQ. It's not going to a count-out. Will they further the thread of, we can't wait to get our hands on each other, therefore it's going to get too violent before the bell even sounds and you don't get the match, you have to pay for it. That's corny. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen, right? Do they just do a result and do a different match? This is a bit more believable. But what match could there be when, again, John Moxley faced off against CM Punk, even if there was a backup plan, which Dave Meltzer reports that there isn't a time of reporting, which was after the Dynamite show last week. 
why wouldn't you just go, oh, we'll just do that later? Tony, like Tony Khan, we know, is obsessed with saving stuff for later and building and building mm. and preserving and preserving and enriching and enriching. So I can't see that happening either. So what is going to happen? There's a rumor going around, Hamlet. Do you want to step in here? The, the Fiend is in Cleveland. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, a week ago, we might have all had our predictions and our takes and all that kind of thing. It's probably out there now. Like, this was fantasy booking, but logical fantasy booking, if such a thing exists. You know, MJF left under this cloud and under this supposed work shoot like rage with Tony Khan that certainly veered different to uh, Scorpio Sky's anger with Tony Khan. Yes. They, they were able to at least separate the two. Like he wasn't pissed off about the rankings. It was something far deeper. Um, and I immediately, when they just announced after popping and screaming a bit, when they flashed the graphic up, my very, very instinct thought was Punk wins and MJF, you just do the big MJF's music hits in the same way that CM Punk's music did a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite. Would you hit his music if he's meant to be a contract rebel, not meant to be there? Or well, is he meant to be there now? He's meant to be. He's talked his way back in because, typical of MJF, he doesn't wrestle his way to opportunities. He's uh, He's got this one because he's got Tony Khan on the back foot. This whole, almost too elaborate work about the chaos backstage in AEW is something they play into. And MJF has said right, I'm coming back, but I'm getting what I should have had all along, which was part formed part of his complaint, was not was being overlooked for WWE cast-offs and all this sort of thing. I'm coming right back in at the top, and I'm coming in in the main event in Chicago, and I'm going to take CM Punk's title. And he said all along, it, like, you know, it's never going to be over CM Punk, and one of these days, like, the revenge I'm going to take on you is going to be worse than anything you can ever imagine, and it's this. And he wins the world title in the, in AEW terms, the easiest of circumstances. Just talks his way back into a big fat. It's CM Punk getting the contract up Vince McMahon. CM Punk, the movie! It's MJF talking his way back into a title shot. Day one, wins the belt, whatever. You know, something along those lines. Um, because, and I, it's a credit to MJF, this. It's one of the only options that feels something bigger than this match itself. Mm. That's that's part of the conversation we're having here. Is like, well, what's bigger than this? What have AEW got that is bigger than John Moxley versus CM Punk? Not that much. So it comes down to... Uh, a MJF returning. Um, another question that I think is related. Like, where does it go on this card? Like, Big Bang Theory into uh, CM Punk versus John Moxley opening the show when there is loads of precedent for the biggest match on the card going on first when you've got 15 minutes commercial free makes a pretty good argument for this opening the show. Not least because whatever happens at the end, you've then got the remaining episode of Dynamite to actually talk about what went on and being like, guys, you need to start watching Dynamite again as appointment television, because look what happened in the first 15 minutes, and it's leading into the pay-per-view. They've got the most possible time to sell the new all-out main event. I think there's a reasonable argument to say this might actually open the show. All I know is they have something mint planned. Yeah. Absolutely Get excited. Get Get excited, let it play out, because we can't arrive at the answer. No. They've almost certainly, I'll stake my reputation, reputation on it, they are going to make people gasp with what they have planned tonight. Otherwise, there's literally no reason for this match to take place. And honestly, right, I know I bring them up all the time. Pepe H. <laughs> the reason why we've talked around in circles for 10 minutes about what could they possibly not... What what could they possibly mess up? Let's get rid of all those possibilities. It's 21 years of WWE brain. Mm. I wish I could get rid of it, but, the th- but the th- maybe Pepe H can. The three ways the Triple H fence sitter that nobody wants as well. Like, like you've seen a bit of it, 
that page match just ain't it. It like is we'll, now. Well, it is. That's the thing. That's the I panic, don't think that's the panic though. I don't panic. think it's a work. I don't think it's a work. Mm. But and the thing is, if you look at the the timeline of events, right? Like it initially felt like uh they just want to get Paige inserted under the card because he's a top star, and that's why Punk said that, right? But if it wasn't, if it's like a work shoot and a really convincing one. That three-way, if you get like the best of both worlds, you get the Punk Mox match and a three-way with Paige and Punk throwing absolute like potatoes at each other potentially. Yeah. Like it's got, it's taken on a completely different dimension you, you now. You I'm calling there. You got a guy to take the fall. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. It went from that to what is now this. I'd be absolutely bang up for a Paige Punk match now. Absolutely bang up. For oh, just just Paige, not a three-way, sorry. Oh, but yeah. just any, not any in iteration of okay. them two in the ring. I'd be right, absolutely yeah. bang up for it. So it's taken on a different complexion now with the news I don't think it's a work. The news slash news that, you know, he went into business for himself. What did you make of the page um, being the elite <laughs> thing? Like, funny as it was, like, being the elite is canon. So, like, yeah. what, what did you make of that in terms of this? That Was that, that like really canon? It's canon when it, it's selective canon. Yeah, I suppose. But, like, that felt like the elite trying to trivialize and maybe diffuse the pipe bam that CM Punk dropped when he. It just the felt challenge. to me like a funny slash elegant way of saying. Hangman Page is not a bitch. He was busy. Yeah. They had to cover their back somehow. Um, and I thought it was a really clever way of doing it. It was really good. It was really brilliant. It was really, really brilliant. This Punk Page stuff rules. Don't worry. Like, I loved AEW, right? For its stylistic range, for its great promos, for its really intricate, well-thought-out booking. If there's two things, right, this company hasn't really had throughout its seminal three-year existence... It's incredibly compelling backstage bitch and gossip. Needle. Needle. Needling. Or like really unpredictable action. It's very predictable and they make you want to see the things that they are go- that are going to happen. But these two this last week, it brought those two elements to the fore and it's unbelievable. I'm jacked for a night. I put this on Jacked up. I, I put <laughs> that this means on mostly, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I'm this- fired up. It's on Twitter, so people might have already seen it. But if they were to nick, if it is Paige swinging that chair and they nick that Sean Brett Undertaker SummerSlam finish. It's one of the best finishes ever, and it's relevant to this situation because it's Brett and Sean, and how do you get out of this? And it's one of Pat Patterson's many masterpieces from the era. It's one of the only times that I'll think, you know what? Yeah, they should do like chair shots and interferences and DQs. Because it's, cause it's like a cool way yeah. to go. They should do, it's the only time ever in history that the special guest referee has ever been good. It's up there, yeah. Well, what's another one? Because it's, it's yeah. a... The Rock. Always The Rock. Sliding to do the people's yeah, elbow yeah, on the yeah, bulldog. Yeah, 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 Fundamentally, yeah. it is the stupidest thing ever, right? Yeah. Let's get a... Imagine the other side of it, right? Oh, man. Uh, guys, sorry. The great main event that you were really looking forward to between these two great wrestlers. Uh, we've had to postpone it or cancel it because one of the wrestlers is injured. You know what we should do? Get a referee? Why would you have a referee do a wrestler's <laughs> yeah. job? And then... Why would you have a wrestler do a referee's job? I hate to I hate to correct you and remind you about history, but I do feel I have to step in. Don't here. talk about Shamit, man. Just keep saying I'm Shamit, man. And yeah, do you? <laughs> but there's but there's so, two of them. There's two. It's double, one. Double, double, yeah. Uh, two part question to to close up this little bit. Then, who leaves as champion tonight? Oh, I don't know. And <laughs> what is the match at all out? If you were pushed, if you had to, you know, state your house on it, but just if you. Well, mate, you can even say what you'd like to happen, even if you don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'm ready for the Punk heel turn now. Yeah. I am absolutely one million percent ready for the CM Punk heel turn. And it's, like, it's one of those things like, 
I love when a baby face is so hot, right? So hot, so beloved that you think, right, you're never turning heel again. You're going to be the Ricky Steamboat from now on. Had it with Cody Rhodes in 2019, right? Had it with CM Punk last year. And honestly, at this point, Eddie Kingston, I could see a heel turn for him down the line sometime if his booking continues to be as wayward as it is. So I'm ready for the Punk heel turn. And the best means of accomplishing that is if he uh, just completely turns heel. That could that'd be a massive development. A ma- the best heel in the 21st century, right? Turning heel in a massive company that will allow him to be the best or most evil version of himself. And then he defends against Mox at the pape, and maybe that's when MGF could come back. I, I don't know. But if CM Punk turns full-blown heel tonight... but why would in they do Cleveland. it? In, yeah, but why would they do it in Chicago? Because that's just um, Austin and Texas stuff, isn't it? You're feeding into a Chicago-based pay-per-view where you're asking them all to... Like, even if it was, say, Punk versus Kingston, where Kingston is a sentimental favourite at every building in the country... The one place where he might not be the sentimental <laughs> favourite is in Chicago. So, so I've, got, I've got honestly no idea. And I honestly think this is kind of genius how they've arrived at this because it's like they've got something planned and there's not a single soul on the planet where I've read a take mm. or heard a take where I thought, oh, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. This is winter is coming. Whoa, work with impact. Yeah. That's what this is. Uh, yeah. I, heart says Moxley, but my head says punk. To win tonight. Oh, uh, Moxley to win. Yeah, I would like Get Mox- that stupid dickhead smirk. <laughs> it's when's John Moxley not the sentimental favorite in any situation? But yeah, Punk to leave as champion. I'm, yeah, I'll go with Punk MJF. It just, I'm struggling, and I like this is the great thing we said this a million times. Really fun to predict stuff, try and fantasy book stuff, things that they potentially laid breadcrumbs, and then them do something fifty times better than anything we could have projected. I just right now can't see a bigger match in AEW than Punk MJF three for the belt. Um, and then tomorrow morning, we get to be like, oh, that one was bigger. Mm. Like, if it's not that, oh, it's that. There's and a bit of me that there's a bit of me that thinks that they could pull off because of the talent that they've got. And, and as you say, that the, the the way these things are thought through and they, you know, they didn't just last week go, uh, bollocks, should we just put the tarmash on next week? And then they go, what, what's the finish thing? Because we've got the pay-per-view in a week and a half. I'll work it out when we get it next week. Don't worry about it. There's, there's a it's bit gonna get no point three three in the ratings as well, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit. That's, of me. that's the worry. Yeah. yeah, we will be talking about ratings a little bit later on today, um, and and going forward, and 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 all the stuff with AEW and Raw and blah blah. But there's a bit of me that thinks I think I could be sold on a fatal four way. I could be sold in the, with the talent and the booking that they could have here on Punk, Mox, MJF, Hangman. I don't think I don't think that's what they even should do, but I believe that they've that this is so unpredictable that that could be feasible, yeah. and I could be sat here in a few days to, oh, tomorrow going four way it is. Mm-hmm. I can't really speculate on who I think is going to leave as champion tonight because I'm a bit like when we see rampage spoilers before the I'm kind of too close to this, so I'm just gonna defer. He's an asshole. He's a. I never normally get both. I get one. <laughs> That's a, that's, a, that's a collector's collector's iron mats. <laughs> right, let's talk. Like we were just like stacks and two dimes rolling our eyes at Tony. Oh, yeah. You got him again, boys. Hold <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Before we go any further though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, let's talk about the rest of this show. Sid, if it's not um, Punk Mox to open, do you think it's the trio's uh, quarterfinal? Certainly. If I'm booking this, I would build the main event. I know it's... I agree, by the way. It's, that's my favourite way. It's just... If, it's just, the, you know, the horrible TV strategy, the element up, yeah. of the business. We're Yes, I would build to that. Um, and I would sell it strong. I would, I'd probably even do recap videos and just say, like... Yeah, man, watch it, you stupid Because this <laughs> is going to be f***ing class. Imagine if that was road to... Yo, da f***. Spoke box. That's what I'll do. I'll just say, yeah, man, and watch this, man. If you want to have a good road to, by the way, at it's Adam Nicholas on. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so I'll build a build. Not just like, oh, I'm going to do a 30-second boiler room promo. Just like recap. This is the biggest goddamn thing. Like, sell it. Sell it, God damn it! And I'll just start in the ring. Like I don't think Will Ospreay is not as much of a draw here as he is in like Japan or whatever. And you know, Death Triangle are popular, but they're not draws. If you put that collection of people in the ring, and you can see, oh, what masks, six of them. Oh, this should be absolutely electrifying. I'll just start in the ring, no entrances. Um, it's Punk Mox tonight. But before that, like it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's the biggest match in AEW Dynamite history, but before that, this match might even steal it as match of the year or something mm-hmm. like this. First 20 seconds, boom, 15 minutes of Death Triangle versus uh, United Empire. Hamlet, 
Talk now before I talk because he's going to bum everyone out. I d- when you were talking about it like that, like to step into your world a little bit, Wilborn, that's got a bit of a UFC supercard element about it where there's a match that's clearly the main event, but there's something that's almost as big and getting to talk up this big match. We're like, and we've got this as well. Mm. Like, this is just double dessert. This is class. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. It's not... I I think some of his criticisms are founded, but I'll let him get them out of the way. I have some reservations on the quality of this match and it's possibly not the fault of it. Like... People in the match, which doesn't sound like a fair criticism. I'm not so sure I've seen loads from Aussie Open that convinces me that they're going to make this fantastic. This a fantastic trios match. Osprey and Pack, of course. Like, theoretically, on paper, it's all brilliant. They weren't great together the first time, but I'm pretty certain it's going to be a singles match for the All-Atlantic title at the pay-per-view, and that's going to be great. So this is going to exist as a sales pitch. It's like, like get a taste of what's to come. Um, I've not been... Remember the Owen Hart brackets getting announced and then the tournament not really delivering on yeah. the potential? I've got a little bit of that hanging over the trios tournament at present, but of course there's loads of time for that to change. The angle with Omega was fantastic, but the match did under-deliver. Like, you could have had a brilliant match and the Kenny match. It was the books. Mm. You know, you really could have had a class match and the Kenny stuff, and it wasn't really that. The trios match around Rampage was crap. Like, and it didn't even feel special in the tournament bracket. You know, it didn't like, what's it doing on Rampage? Like, stick them all on Dynamite because we know that that show isn't prestigious Mm -hmm. anymore. So, and a little bit of my cynicism is informed by a match that I thought was useless on, it was one of the weeks I was off and I was catching up. Was it the, they did the mask stuff again? Was it Andrade Family Office and the Lucha Brothers? It was the faction in Gubernable. Yeah, that was it. I thought it was a bit of a mess, quite honestly. I've gone off the Lucha Brothers. Like, Penta was always my guy, and Phoenix is Phoenix, and I've kind of gone off the pair of them. So I just I think there's more going against this than people realise because on paper it's such a fireworks display. Hope I'm wrong. Like it's got so much. Like I think this about House of Black all the time. Like we go into those House of Black pay per view trios matches and uh, whatever, right? And then the match is unbelievable on the night. So yeah, I'm not inclined to disagree. Even though we did a bit about it earlier on the NXT 2.0 review, which of course you can listen to wherever you get your podcasts from Apple, Spotify, wherever, Every, <laughs> everywhere. In fact, <laughs> Penta blows hot and cold. There are certain times when he can not get lost, but it just feels clunky. And in those kinds of matches, if you if you're on like the seventh, eighth, or ninth chain of offense, and then it goes wrong, it's like being at the end of a platform level on a game. And then if you fall down like a crevice or something like that, oh, for fuck's sake, mm-hmm. it's so much more annoying when you do it at the end than like just doing it at the start. Um, and Penta's got this clunky potential in virtually all of his matches. He's uneven as a worker, in my opinion. Phoenix has declined somewhat from in- his injuries are piling up. Uh, the it? injuries are piling up. If they're motivated and slick and tight and focused and r- really feeling it in the moment, clicking, that's what I'm bloody looking mm-hmm. for, clicking, this should be absolutely incredible, but never not realize that these two have got it in them to have a slight misstep or a bit of, oh, you're obviously trying to set up the next spot and you've forgotten it <laughs> and you're getting a bit lost and that, so, so I'm watching some fake stuff now. Um, the very best version of this match could get five stars. Mm. It really could. Mm. It could be this absolutely scintillating, incredible thing where Will Ospreay momentarily forgets that he should probably look after his neck. But he's <laughs> taken, like, a Canadian destroyer off the apron from Penta. Oh, no, Phoenix is here to do another one from the top rope after running on it. What would he say if his neck hurt? Oh, my f***ing neck! <laughs> <laughs> That's four swear words now. I won't do any more. <laughs> um, so the very best version of this match, get five stars, and this pulsating thing 
where you are going to get your mind blown by rope running, maybe into destroyers, head drops, like potential neck fracture moves, total and utter unbridled, my mind is being blown, blown, blown exhilaration. Or it could be pretty damn awesome with moments of hesitation and you can see the wires a bit. Um, If this match was happening in like, 20 early 2020 it'd be going on my god but i just think yeah the lucha brothers have declined oh my god um do you think the fact that the elite are waiting in the semi-finals kind of gives away the result that it's going to be united empire or is it yes absolutely like look politically like it's one of those where you'll get lost in this you won't give a toss who wins or loses or you know you won't give a toss about who you thought was going to win or lose heading into it when it when the action hopefully unfolds as thrillingly as it could. There's absolutely no way, shape, or form, especially considering the arc that Osprey's on at New Japan at the moment, that Tony Khan has rang up Ghetto and said, I need some scrubs um, to lose in the opening round of my tournament. Um, can you get your narrow loser in the G1 Climax final with Osprey just to come over and do that for <laughs> us? There's literally no way. And of course, they've been quietly building to the Omega Osprey thing, which is great because I kind of think they might actually hate each other, even though they don't because they're clearly they working. Osprey and Aussie Open on the way to Forbidden Door? Wasn't mm. it was one of the Aussie Open last first, first That's the thing. Lost. That's yeah. always hanging Because they've got like people to job, like that's designated the jobbers for yeah, Osprey. Yeah, so. we've got designated jobbers for Osprey, but they knew when that match happened that Osprey was going over orange. Yeah, yeah. But then awesome. again, you know, there's, oh, that's, I'm glad you reminded me of that because it adds a wrinkle of doubt yeah. to what I think is otherwise a very yeah. predictable, <clears throat> if thrilling, match. And you're going to get something with Omega Osprey when Art's going to my god. Oh, my God. Osprey has got such a... He's a dickhead. <laughs> and he's very good at acting the dickhead. You should be on yourself, turn it up to a level. <laughs> um, that the thought of Will Osprey smirking at Omega, being unable to keep up with them in the context of their sequence in a trios match. Only for... Oh, my God. <laughs> Omega to go, actually, you know what? I've found something with myself, and I'm going to come at you at the state of the old speed. Oh, yeah. So, yes, they're winning. They're better. Um, regardless of what happens with MJF tonight, the pinnacle have somewhat reformed. Uh, obviously, they're teaming up to take on Jay Lethal and his gang at, at All Out. Ahead of that, Dax Harwood versus Jay Lethal tonight, Sige. <laughs> going to go on two-footed here, right? Um, the best thing about this trios match in isolation, other than... Oh, my God. If Wardlow powerbombs that, and I'm saying... <laughs> the best thing, realistically, if you look at the workers involved, is going to be the exchanges between um, Harwood and Jay Lethal. So we are getting a prolonged preview of the best bit of the match at the pay-per-view, which is backwards. All of this feels shoehorned to begin with. And I don't care about a Jay Lethal singles match either. So basically what I'm saying is this could quietly be utterly fantastic and I've been, um, that's what I'm looking for, the phrase I'm looking for, against myself or whatever, like being sucked into Jay Lethal matches. In spite of myself. In spite of myself, of course. Sucked into Jay Lethal matches, even though I care little about the performer and indeed from reports, the human being. Um, because he's pretty damn good when he wants to be. He had a match with John Moxley. I thought, Jesus Christ, this is great. And I don't want it to be great. So this could be great. Mm. But... They'd have to work bloody hard 
and at their best for me to care because I don't care about the storyline and indeed some of the characters here. Um, Jay Lethal to win because Harwood's a tag team specialist. They can sell it as, I know, Dax Harwood put up a hell of a fight, but you know, he's a tag specialist, so he's more likely to lose a singles. And then obviously I think the baby faces are going over because there's two sets of champs and Jay Lethal sucks. I agree with the result completely, yeah. It makes more sense for Lethal to win. Either, like, you know, like a little while ago we were saying, are we, is Tony Khan in danger of paying far too much tribute to black and gold era NXT rather than just booking AEW? AEW, slightly, is running the risk of becoming, like, not rather than a banger factory, a good matches that don't matter factory. Mm. Remember, um, was it, it wasn't pay-per-view, I think, was it double or nothing? Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. Yeah, that's weird, though. That's good, isn't it? Mm. Didn't matter. Like, this is, this is like, tiptoeing into that realm where the good matches... Like, obviously, AEW was required by the title of All Elite Wrestling to deliver great matches every week. But the whole point initially was that, like, everything is contributing to a bigger story. And you're seeing some of these stories pay out, and then the bigger matches have got these awesome payoffs at the end. Like, this could be fantastic. Feels like it doesn't matter, and it's going to lead to a six-man or a trios, which could also be very good. That also doesn't matter. Cedric made the point last week, so that was really astute. It is worth them selling the trios division without just having title matches. It's what they should have done with the women all along. You have other feuds, you make it seem like the titles matter, that so much so that the pinnacle are willing to reform just to get in the hunt for those belts as well. You know, like eight-star FTR if they can win those belts. Um, the pinnacle stuff is interesting because if MJF is hanging over this main event, now would have been the time to bring the pinnacle back. Like, what if... Who else... Who are all three members of the pinnacle now friends with? CM Punk. So that's... You know, that's possibly not nothing that would there suddenly be... If you look on the pay-per-view Wikipedia page, they're listed as the pinnacle. So that's that name last week wasn't thrown away. That might be for a reason. Like, what's Sean Spears up to? What does he think of all this as MJF's, like, you know, sort of running buddy more than he was a member of the stable? So that's more interesting than their feud with Lethal Saddam Singh and Sanjay Dutt, I think. Like, that, if that's got any implications in the main event, that's far more interesting. This match will be good. I don't care. Jay Lethal will win. Pinnacle Jet lands, and then we see that FDR and Wardlow have come in from a different way, from a different car early on. Yeah, that's cute. I like that. I mean, it's a bit... Who's Sean, this limo waiting outside? Sean Spears in a pilot hat. <laughs> Imagine it was just Sean Spears as well. <laughs> huh? Oh. What? Um, and I don't know why uh, women would be on the pay-per-view if they're not the number one contender, so I thought I'd just disregard that. Uh, <laughs> we'll come to the women's match a little bit later on. Uh, let's talk about a couple of talky segments, as I'm going to describe them now. Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia face-to-face, and tonight we also hear from absolute Ricky Starks. I'll do the Ricky Starks one first because AEW have been a little bit cheeky with like selling things that end up being a backstage promo with Tony or something like that, where they're kind of, you're led to believe it's going to be a big in-ring or a big angle. We've done the speculation that it turns out it's one quick promo, um, which I think Starks might be. I'm slightly concerned. I'd love to be proven wrong on this episode, in fact, but I'm slightly concerned that they didn't have much more in the way of ideas beyond the original turn. That turn was absolutely fantastic. AEW operating at peak level. The things they established over that one segment from Hook winning the title to the Hobbs turn, fantastic. Then you've got Ricky Starks doing the Randy Orton and running off into the crowd. Ugh. Hated it. Hobbs intermingling with the factory. Hate it. Smashed the screen up backstage. Hate it. Hate. Like, they've not got anything right, just 100% right, since the original angle. So... Maybe it's actually just best for business uh, if Ricky Starks just does a backstage thing tonight and is cool and is funny and is engaging and reminds you that like he's not afraid of Ricky Starks. He puts him over while putting himself over at the same not time. Not afraid of powerhouse Sorry, powerhouse yeah, yeah. And then whereas 
were as hyped as we're going to be for this match when the split happened and it's gone in reverse ever since. So maybe that being minimised is possibly for the best. Jericho and... I love Jericho um, and Danielson as a match more as a result of uh, Daniel Garcia now being thrust in the middle of it. It was good, but it was carny good. It was... Jericho's going to have another four-star match. And I was like, what a year he's having. Is he face? doesn't matter. What a year he's having. <laughs> like, you know, he's learned from the best in Triple H in that regard. But, like, um, I, I think it's so much better with Garcia in the middle. Because, ultimately, I think this ends in Garcia picking Jericho. And the heartbreak is part of the magic. You know, like, I think, yeah, they've got him, they've got him, they've got him. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but, yeah, so this this night tonight. Well, I don't think you'd go obvious. You don't do the Garcia snaps and he attacks Brian Danielson. You leave that for the pay-per-view. You have it be... You have his kind of like his heart being taken in both directions until the show itself where he reveals himself to be still a member of the Jericho Appreciation Why not have Jericho Danielson with Daniel Garcia in a black and white Kangol hat as the referee? No, mate. Jeff Jarrett, a special timekeeper. Love it. If talking. <laughs> AEW ever does a special guest referee, and I don't think they ever will, I will bury it. It was Ricky the Dragon stream that was just timekeeper. Just a timekeeper. Yeah, you yeah. got timekeepers and judges. Special guest referee is the stupidest thing. It's such a contrived, illogical, dramatic device that exists purely for carny means, and I cannot stand it. I, it's special guest referee, uh, impromptu match, um, authority figure. And there's a fourth of my Mount Rushmore of hatred. <laughs> we that should I'll, do that as a, as a promo train. Promo train. Yeah, those are my four things that I hate the most. Devices, tropes, hate them. Jericho. Next time we do a question you might answer, do my Rushmore of wrestling hate, because I love that. Yeah, idea. love that. Um, what I was going to say, yes, Jericho, Danielson, uh, Garcia. I think Garcia will repledge tonight. Um, and I think... Danielson will interrupt, or they'll, they'll be obviously they're all three going to be involved. I'm not so much. I am interested in the Garcia thing. I don't want the gratification of him joining the Blackpool Combat Club, and then he can do like the Cobra Kai stuff where it splits into two separate dojos. Oh. You can have Moxley and Utah versus Danielson and uh, Garcia mm-hmm. as the feud. So all that can come later. Feels like a new pay per view cycle thing, and um, so I think he'll do the. Jericho Appreciation Society, like, repledge if you like. I want Danielson to call Jericho something like a corny but in his own voice. He's so good at the put-down, the heel put-down, Danielson, that I'm just looking forward to hearing him say something along those lines. Um, as for Starks, after have to steak-flogging fake. Yes. <laughs> like that. Um, and I'm, as for Starks, I need a course correction on this. Yes. Like, I really need a course correction on this. And my worry is that's not going to happen because for whatever reason, the factory that both the heel and the baby face in the grudge program both hate. A stable that's just on the on the fringe of the, It's stupid. I don't get it, uh, nor do I feel like there's going to be a coin penny drop moment of, uh, that's why the friggin' factory were involved for some friggin' reason. Comorato's mafia and Agogo isn't knocking anybody out. Like, they protected Agogo the other week, so that was something. That was kind of like the only saving grace that entire stock. He's been doing that quite often. Like, with the Keith Lee stuff a few months ago, like, Agogo was protected. He's got, like, this best unbeaten streak through dark and dark elevation that, like, doesn't really transfer over to Dynamite, but it's implied, I guess, that Mm -hmm. he's the the threat. So maybe, like, I don't know. they, it wouldn't be a not AEW for the factory not to punk Ricky Starks out backstage, would it? Interrupt him and he gets knocked out or knocked down by Mm. Agogo, perhaps. 
It just feels like unnecessary Tony Khan just making things more convoluted than they need to be with the use of so many additional bodies in mm. the same program. I just don't get it at all. Keep it simple. Uh, before we get to the final point, let's, uh, as AEW often does, squeeze in the women's stuff. Uh, Britt Baker versus... I hate having to do this, but this is what happens. Yeah. Britt Baker versus Kylie. We'll King. never lead with the women's thing, will we? Ever. No, I don't think so. We'll just tuck it in at the Unless end. Unless AEW Rampage, your suggestion, you know, maybe they will find... Oh, it's Hamlet's? Never mind. It's Hamlet, sorry. Well, it was apologize. when they trademarked all elite women. I just thought, well, just... Give, give them Friday nights yeah. right there. And then and then blame them when it fails. <laughs> After uh, already killing the time slot. Yeah. Britt Baker's relatively straightforward win for you here. Yes, and then she'll say something to the effect of, we can do something cute here. And she can beat the clock challenge without beating the clock. Yeah. Right, where she beats Kylan King quicker than Tony Storm did. And she went, hang on, doesn't that make me the number one contender? And it becomes a three or a four way. Jamie Hater helps her win. So she wouldn't have got it done without Jamie Hater's help. Yes. That's Jamie Hater's claim to it as well. They did reference something like that on Rampage, didn't they? About like oh, infighting or when you never catch us doing something like that. Well, yeah, that was like the that, whole point of the tag match, do you remember? Like which team's going to fall out here? And in the end, it was neither. It's going to storm having a respectful baby face match. So basically, four minute match, four way somehow. Don't care. But I wish I cared. I just don't, and it's their fault. The question is, where will That's those... Tony Khan's fault. Where will those four minutes go? It's time to play the game! What game is... Defending titles. What game is that, Michael Sidgwick? Well, this is ladies' nine. I'm thinking no And the uh, reigning champ starts us off, I believe. I... Sorry, I'll Shout go... Shout out to Adam Blair. Yes, thank you, Adam Blair, as always, for the screenshot first thing in the morning. Um, I'll say Punk Mox goes on last. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Wait there, wait there, wait there. Oh, I keep talking, it's bad. One hour <laughs> and 12 minutes. Whoa. 45 seconds. That's really buggered up my pick. Because <laughs> in my head, I'm working this out. Like you say, I've, I've, I've sort of got my head around it with the help of you two of how they structure this show. I think Trio Tournament quarterfinal... Opens the show, and I think the top of the hour. Have you already given the minutes? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know the way there. Trying to copy and paste the previous one. One twelve. One twelve. One twelve and forty-four. Man, I haven't done it yet. Hamlet. One minute. One hour. One hour. Twelve minutes and forty-four seconds. Sorry, something like that. Will Adam Will Born? Adam Will Born. I think top of the second hour. If you, you know, when they do the whole, if you're flicking around, Chris Jericho's walking out to the ring, Good. Judas is playing, yeah. or, or Brian Danielson. So I think they're starting with that. And I was going to, yeah, I was going to say one hour 10. I'll go one hour 10. <laughs> dead. <laughs> one hour 10. Because you get nervous that you're on the 120. It's like, well, it's a world title. Like, yeah. how much exactly of the show can you seconds? cut off? One hour 10, dead. Oh, so it's, well, we know the crowd's going to be dead, but what, how many seconds? <laughs> one, 12, 44, one, 10, dead. On the, yeah. So, right, okay. I think that they are going to do something like, uh, they're going to start Mox Punk in the main event. I know TBS said that we're going to run as long as we want. Suspiciously <laughs> like, it's going to finish at one hour, 59 minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah, I've been an <laughs> Sounds like Jim Ross did it himself. How about on the phone? My good friend at TBS from the 90s when me and Tony were still working down the territory. 
Jim in the uh, sixth floor office gave her twenty more minutes. I've not heard this wrong. It's one of my. It's another one of my favourite Sidgwicks. Um, how would Jim Ross sound opening this week's AW Dynamite? Well, it's not not Uh So it's gonna be one of those things where it's like, I obviously, you know, didn't get it, but it's it's fine. The women will get one hour, nineteen minutes. And 12 seconds. <laughs> Which gives all of this tops, like, if you tack on the Jade Cargill promo at the end, like, what, six to ten minutes tops? So you'd have the main event going on at about one hour 40. So if the women open the show, that's who gets the point. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen. Just reset your glasses there. I'm a lady. Finally, oh, we all agree Britt Baker wins, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, father fights son tonight on Dynamite. Oh, Jesus Christ, we'll just wrap it up. Who cares? Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn. It's not just jobs for the boys, it's jobs for the ass boys. This feud has had so many extra chapters than I feel like it would have got had one of the key players not been... It's like longer than Vince Austin. Yeah, like, like one of the players not been a coach and two of the other players been his kids. Like this feels like pro wrestling nepotism happening in front of our eyes. We've had two separate turns... A heel turn by the guns, a babyface turn by Billy Gunn. Three turns as a result of the mm-hmm. guns turning heel on the dad. Three turns. We've had a dumpster match, which for all Billy Gunn was doing, the old, hey, I'm like, you ruined the match that made famous. It, like, it was a WrestleMania tag team title match that was supposed to have a certain, like, it was supposed to be inclusive on Dynamite. They pushed them off the stage in a dumpster, and then it was like, wacky. They've fallen over. They've really seriously injured themselves, and it was wacky. It was, it was Christopher Daniels not being part of SCU. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> well, some people might be dead. Moving on. Uh. <laughs> and then you get this match so that uh, Billy can uh, take him to the woodshed or something like that. And the acclaimed are now friends with Billy Gunn. Like, so the, the Sizzle Me Daddy thing was more popular than maybe I perhaps gave it credit for. Sizzle Me Daddy Ass. Daddy, daddy Ass, sorry. But is that like a long-term thing now? Are they all, are they a group? Or is that, was that just for the pop on the night? Well, this thing's farcical. Um, I quite enjoyed it last week, actually. Um, you know, it's got this charm. That's over. And that's always really hard to get. And the, people should be commended for getting over in goddamn yeah. wrestling. It's bloody hard and this is over. But the thing is, it's like a father, right, has decided, and it is cute, the guys who are very close to his wrestling persona rather than his own kids. It's cute. And then he gets to, like, father versus son. It's like, it's, oh, it's a joke. I cannot possibly take seriously the idea that a father and a son have split out, split up, like, estranged father and son <laughs> because the dad really enjoys doing some silly patter with, like, one of the young lads at work, <laughs> which is what it is. Yeah. It's silly. I can't take it seriously. And... The, th- the second you, like, threaten to take this fun novelty mid-card comedy-adjacent program and then it suddenly becomes father versus son, it's just, it's, it's farcical. Can't take it seriously. Um, got no hopes for the match. Where does Paul White stand? <laughs> That's what I've got to know. <laughs> so I just, Was he a guest referee in AEW? No one's guest referee He's in never AEW. been a guest referee. Never. Paul White do anything even remotely close to that? Is that a match with QT Marshall? Oh, and yeah. He's commentated on loads of matches to very little fanfare. <laughs> when he's and got, he talked about Christian coming in, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not when that his, one. When his contract expires and Mark Henry's contract expires, why are we even there in the first place? <laughs> Get out. Get out. Who wins uh, at the guns? 
Don't care. I'm going to put you over, son. Going to be the proudest moment of my goddamn career. I think it's going to be Colton Gunn. I think <laughs> yep. after the match, Colton and Austin going to bloody up Billy Gunn to set up a, a rematch with the acclaimed on the pay-per-view. Uh, oh, God, it's going to be like 10 hours and they're long. Austin, was it Austin who did the rap battle? He was really good at it, actually. Austin. Yeah. Austin Gunn. He's going to stand over him. Picture this, right? Stands over him. He said, I'm going to te- teach you something now, Dad, that you, you should always have taught your sons, and that's don't run with scissors. And he's going to bloody him up. Thoughts? You've Not, done it again. Yeah, you've done it again. Not sure what, but you've done it again. <laughs> Good or bad? You've done it again. Anyway, uh, let us know your thoughts. Maybe more on the, the world title match than, you know, the running with scissors <laughs> stuff. Uh, on, uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. Uh, you can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. A man who no doubt will be staying up late to watch this live. And if you're going to be staying up to watch this and you think, right, yeah, well, you know, uh, I've got a bit of time to kill in the, in the time between... You know, chatting to people about it and then everyone going to bed. And I thought, I'm in Britain, so maybe I'm not in Britain. Maybe I'm in America. A bit of time to kill. Uh, but I want to keep it AW related. And I, I don't want to visually take anything in because I want to really concentrate my eyes on a screen when it comes around to AW Dynamite. But I still want to get my, my dose of AW before AW Dynamite. Maybe you could read about it, Michael. They the, the could if they wanted. If they wanted. If they wanted. <laughs> read a full book before your wrestling show. They could do, you could, you could do them, but the discourse might start on Twitter at a certain time. You know, they wanted to, like, nah, I'm sick of talking about this now. <laughs> um, well, I'm put my phone down for once in my bloody life. If I wanted to do that, I would go on Amazon <gasps> and I would read after <sighs> ordering Becoming All Elite The Rise of AEW by Michael Sidgwick. 120,000 passionately crafted, insightful words about the formation and early years of All Elite Wrestling. Start, it's like that New Year meme. Start reading right now. Order it now as you listen to the sound of my voice. Start reading and you'll finish just before Dynamite starts. Yeah. Adam Wilborn on Twitter for me. At What Culture WWE for all of us. And make sure you subscribe, obviously, to What Culture Wrestling. Wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, our Super A review is available right now. We're going to be chatting about ratings a little bit later on today. And of course, our review of this show will drop into your feed as soon as it is released if you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from. But for now, it's been the AW Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Dinner Party. 